This is the weekly Fremont Moo podcast. Full count, one out, runners in the corners. The set, runner goes, hit, swing and a line drive up the third baseline and fair and rolling toward the corner for a hit. McBride has scored. Dodge around third. He's going to try and score. Sullen's throw toward home is cut off and Dodge scores. And this game is tied at six. An inside look at Moo Baseball. This one is rocketed out towards center field, going back to center field. And McBride, how did he make that catch? Behind his back, looking like Willie Mays. And now, here's your host, Nate Rohr. Welcome into episode number three of the Fremont Move podcast. What a great week for the Moves. Fremont won five of its first six games before dropping the Thursday night game to Hastings, but still through one week, the Moo with the best record in the Expedition League. So a great start for the Moo. Remember last year, they started quite slowly, but this year, a hot start, best record in the league through one week, and a huge series this weekend with the Badlands Big Sticks, and we'll take a peek ahead to that series later in the podcast. We'll also chat with Dalen Dobish, the Moo pitching coach, he had a very eventful offseason, including the changing of his name. You know him better as Dalen Owens. Pitched well for the Moo in their inaugural year. He's serving as the pitching coach for the Moo in 2020. We talk about the decision for him to change his last name. We also chat about some of the other things he did in the offseason. I think you're going to be pretty interested to hear that. And we also circle the bases with Brock Reller, who came to Fremont this week after missing the road trip to Hastings and got hits in his first three games with the Moos. So Brock back with the Moo and off to a great start. But first, it was a great week, so let's look back at the highlights. Let's hear the top moments from last week. It's time for the Moo Review. This one is rocketed out towards center field, going back to center field. And McBride, how did he make that catch? Behind his back, looking like Willie Mays. What a fantastic job to get to that ball over the shoulder, sliding on the grass, and makes the catch. Gets it a roaring applause and standing ovation from that crowd here in Hastings. What a catch in the third out. We'll head to the set. Full count. One out, runners at the corners. The set, runner goes, pitch, swing, and a line drive up the third baseline and fair and rolling toward the corner for a hit. McBride has scored. Dodge around third. He's going to try and score. Sellen's throw toward home is cut off, and Dodge scores. And this game is tied at six. They are going to go right after Koski and the one-two pitch. Up the middle and into center field for a base hit. Here comes Klamak. And he scores, he's safe. Klemenach scores and he's safe on the throw as it gets by the catcher Everett. Uh, RBI single into center and the Moo take the lead seven to six. Infield playing back for Evans. And rip towards shortstop on a line, an amazing catch by the shortstop Dylan Sears. Runner at third, two outs. Hendricks set up the belt, rings home the 1-0. And White swings and hammers this one. Left center field in deep, and it will roll to the wall. McBride will walk in to score. White to second, chugging for third. White dives into third safely ahead of the throw, which goes over the third baseman and into the dugout, so White will score. And then 
also came around to score, as I mentioned. Had two well-struck balls in his first two at-bats as well. The 3-1 lifted out towards right center. This one's got a chance to fall. Going back is Burnham. He can't get to it. One run will score. Simonson on McBride's tail. McBride's going to score. Here comes Simonson. He'll touch the plate. And Luke White with the second triple of the day. And guess what? It's a tie ball game. We're even at five. Matter is White. The count is 3-0. and oh. Smith set at the belt, brings it home. And White swings and lines this one to right field. Sean Avon dives, can't make the catch. The ball down for a hit, and will roll all the way to the wall. McBride around third, and he's going to come in to score. Now White checking around second. He'll make it into third with an RBI triple, his third triple in two games. And the Moo with a one to nothing lead in the bottom of the first. That one swung on and blasted. Deep left field, and it is gone! A home run for Taylor Howell. The first home run of the year for the Moo, and it is 5-2 to Fremont in the fifth. Bailing the righty, lines and deals the 0-2 to Ruller, who swings and hammers this one. Right field and deep. Evans going back to the wall. It's off the wall! In to score is Rooney. Sears will score. Around third is Howell, and he'll score two. A three-run double to right field for Ruller. And the Moon now lead it eight to two. We're hustling around the diamond with a member of the Moo crew. It's time to circle the bases. We're going around the bases with Brock Reller. And Brock, first off, uh, you are a returning Moo player. Uh, what was the thing that you liked the best about playing for the Moo last year that drew you back this year? Uh, just, no, I was just playing some baseball. No, they gave me an opportunity, and um, I guess they liked what I had, and they brought me back this year, so that's all I could ask for. What was your favorite Expedition League city to play in last year other than Fremont and why? Uh, I like playing at Badlands. Um, I'm from North Dakota, so I've played there many times, and I just like the park a lot. Do you get a lot of friends, family, that sort of thing that uh, that come out when the team comes north? Uh, yeah, not to Dickinson, but to Minot. I had a couple of family come out, so it's a little closer, so it was, it was good to see them. We were all shut down due to the quarantine. What did you do with uh, the couple of months between the end of the college season and the beginning of moose season? Uh, I just, you know, just tried to stay focused. Uh, we actually at my house and at college, we uh, we built a batting cage down in the basement and a squat rack, so that was something to do. Down in the basement of where? Of my house at uh, in college. Oh, no kidding. Well, how long a project was that? What all did you have to do? Uh, that was about a two-day project, you know, just buy some wood nail some things together, hang a cage and hang a net, tee, pretty easy. Yeah. Um, there are some long road trips uh, in this league and um, we're about to embark on one back up to Badlands. You mentioned them earlier. What's your favorite thing to do to kill time on these long bus trips? Uh, probably play uh, the game Mafia, you know. Mm -hmm. Jack Simonson on team, he's a real character when he gets the game Mafia going, so it should be a good time. 
Had a fun night with the Fremont Mood to your work week and enjoy great deals. On Monday, savor our show-stopping Barnyard Bloody Mary. Then on Two for One Tuesday, save on Two for One deals on general admission tickets, plus half-price Coors Light and other deals on concessions. Wednesdays are Wiener Wednesdays with $2 hot dogs. Thirsty Thursdays means $3 domestic 16-ounce beers, $2 Coke products, and discounts on specialty drinks. And every Monday through Thursday, take advantage of happy hour deals from the opening of the gates until first pitch. Check the schedule at FremontMoo.com. Here it's straight from the dugout from the men leading the herd. Here's Moo assistant coach, Dalen Dobish. Well, our first uh, coach's corner interview of the uh, regular season is uh, with Coach Dalen Dobish. And first off, a little different perspective for you this year. Last year you were on the mound and had a great year for the Moo. This year you're watching it from the dugout. How different has the experience been as a coach as opposed to pitching? Oh, it's totally different. I mean, you're still competing a little bit as much as you can, but um, you're not in control. Uh, when you're on the mound, you have a lot of control with you know, how the game goes. You know, they say it starts on the mound, and it really does. So uh, it's just hard sometimes not being able to dictate the outcome of the game, but we just do our best and keep the guys light, keep it having fun and working hard. How how tough has that transition been for you, or has it been a, tr- a tough transition to take what you learn from the field and try and pass it on to the pitchers? Yeah, it's tough. I ha- actually really haven't done that a whole lot. Uh, a lot of guys here um, are still working on stuff and ha- and you know have have their own idea of what they need to work on, and they know what they need to do. It's uh, so I have really haven't done a whole lot of coaching, just a lot of motivating stuff like that. Um, but it, it, it is hard, though, to do sometimes, uh, just like how do you word it without making a guy feel like you're coming at him or, or make him feel like he's messed up or, or you're mad at him or anything like that. So it's just trying to find that, that fine line of, of being a, just a good motivator and also kind of giving some constructive criticism at the same time. You've been a little challenged uh, pitching staff-wise from the standpoint of the pitch count to where you can't ride a guy if he's going well. You need three guys, four guys uh, to take the ball and pitch well for you. Uh, How tough is it to get three guys, four guys in the same night pitching well? It obviously hasn't been tough for this team so far. Yeah, we've made we made it look easy, but that's that's credit to Shea. Uh, He did a great job of just piecing it together. I know there's a there's the pitch count rule, yeah, and Shay, you know, some guys uh, they could have just they could have just not followed the rules or, or whatever and did their own thing, but um, no, that's credit to Shay is he he totally uh, took over that and we, I know he sits down a lot at the house and at the hotel, uh, pulls out his notebook and figures out how he's gonna piece things together and and you know does a lot of what-if scenarios and stuff like that. So I, I, I can't really speak a whole lot on that. I, I just have kind of been sitting back uh, watching Shay kind of control all that, and he's been doing a phenomenal job with it. How long does it take for you to kind of settle into the to your guys and, and learn, hey, I want to, this pitcher wants to work on this, or uh, I should keep an eye on this with a, another pitcher? How long does that process take for you? I don't know if there's a specific time. Um, I just think that... Uh, you kind of know when you know you build that relationship. I think a lot of it is just kind of earning their respect. Um, I think you know the first the first step to being a, a good leader is just kind of fitting in first. So once you kind of start fitting in with the guys and make them feel comfortable, then then it you know when you when it comes time to critique and stuff like that, they feel more comfortable and willing to accept what you have to say. 
has that been tough for you going from that role of a guy who is just another guy on the bench with them, another teammate, to now a coach, somebody who has to instruct, especially with the guys who are returning from last year? Yeah, that can be tough. Um, I think, especially just being new, um, I'm in no rush to jump into fixing swings or, or critiquing pitchers too much. I really am just uh, just trying to help out with little things. Um, I just kind of, I'm just kind of here to um, help Shay out as much as possible. I was fortunate enough to have him uh, bring me on board, and I'm just having a good time right now. I'm just doing little things, whether it's field work, equipment. Um, here and there, they ask me my opinion, but really, I'm just, uh, I'm just here to help Shay out with whatever he has and just do whatever's best for the team. This February, you decided to go to umpire school and and learn about the process of being an umpire. How did that experience go from you? What uh, go for you? What did you pick up from it? Oh, I learned a ton. I, I definitely learned a, a bunch about the game um, that I didn't know before. Surprisingly, even though I've been playing baseball my whole life, but it's funny because now I catch myself over at first base and um, I'm just watching the field umpire, watching how they work. I see certain things that they, they, they do wrong or they did good, and um, it's yeah, it's definitely just a change in perspective. Um, Thought I wanted to be an umpire. It, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't get me out of bed in the morning. It wasn't super exciting. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna enjoy coaching way more. But I'm so grateful for everything that I learned and that I. And now I know these things. Where, uh, if it comes down to it, then I have that in my back pocket or up my sleeve. Do you find yourself relating to the umpires differently after having gone through umpire school and learning more about what they specifically do? Absolutely. I feel like before umpire school, I would be way quicker to jump all over an umpire or, or, or have a short fuse. But now I realize how much is going on there, especially in a two-man system with just two umpires. Uh, there's so many kinks in the two-man system where certain things you can't see. Um, a uh, lot, lot of times, you, you, you know, base is loaded with a two-man, um, a two-man crew. You can't see three guys tag. There's only two of you, so somebody left early and you, and you didn't see them. But yeah, I definitely have a, a, a respect for umpires in that sense. I know it's fast-paced. I know a lot of these guys umpiring. We have one who's who's just getting into umpiring. He's a soccer referee, and so these guys are learning just as much as we're still learning the game, whether we think we're not. Um, these guys are still learning the game every day, and so are the umpires. But, yeah, I definitely uh, can appreciate the effort, and I can kind of find myself feeling bad, thinking, like, man, that's tough, because being back there, especially when guys uh, in this league are throwing 90-plus 90, 90 miles an hour, it's not easy to get back behind the dish and be comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing out of this offseason is you changed your name. You went from uh, Dalen Owens, uh, w- which was your name when you were pitching last year, to Dalen Dobish, uh, taking your stepfather's uh, last name. Talk about that decision and how that all went down. Yeah, we, I've, I, always, I always teased about it. I don't know if that's a good term, but I always joked about it. We always talked about it because he's raised me since I was five. And um, uh, last year, I just kind of got on the phone with my mom, and it was it was kind of just a random thought. But I was like, let's let's do it. Let's actually do it. And so we we did a lot of research on how to do it, and, and if it costs money, and of course it does. Everything mm-hmm. does. And um, it was really just every he does so much for me and being you know in my position. It's not like I, it's not like anything that he doesn't have that I can give him. Like I can't go buy him something he couldn't buy, or you know, or I, mm-hmm. I, I can't make you know. I'm not. I'm not really uh, very creative. I don't know. I, I and I just wanted to give him something, and so I figured that uh, that would be a good gift to give him in return for everything he's done for me. So.
How did you tell them? How did you let them know that you were doing that? Yeah, it wasn't as like a, it wasn't like one of those YouTube videos where they open up the letter and it's like, wait, you're letting out. We kind of needed his help a little bit on certain things because um, we had to get uh, we had to get uh, a lot of paperwork and stuff filled out uh, for it to be done properly. So he he was he was uh, he was very emotional on the actual day in court. We had to go to court and it, they just basically asked why you're changing your name. And uh, he said, okay, yeah, your, your name's officially changed, or Dalen Dovish. That was a pretty special moment. But, yeah, when, when, when he found out, he was also excited. But the real, the real moment, the real special moment was that day in court. Mm-hmm. We were all dressed up, and we walked in, and it was real quick, but it was really special, too. Special day for your family, and uh, we appreciate having you around the move this year. Thank you very much. Here's what's coming up moving forward for Fremont. It's a matchup of the two division leaders when Badlands hosts the Moo this 4th of July weekend. The Big Sticks enter the weekend at 4-2, just a half game behind the Moo, the best record in the Expedition League. Badlands has played six straight games against Swiss Valley to begin the season, throttling them 11-1 Thursday night. Connor Van Cleve has paced the Big Sticks offense so far, hitting 7-20 for 20 in the first week of the year with 5 RBI. But the Big Sticks are hitting just 240 as a team, though they have averaged six and a half runs per game. It's been the Badlands pitching that's carried them with an Expedition League best ERA of 409, a run and a quarter better than the second place Fremont staff. Hunter Omelette has a pair of wins in the first week of the season, the only Expedition League pitcher to win more than one. Meanwhile, Aaron Ginn, a college teammate of Fremont's Trey Turner at Albany State, has a 2.79 ERA in three appearances. Badlands won the 2019 Expedition League Championship, knocking off Western Nebraska in three games last year. The Moo and the Big Sticks face off Friday at 7.35 Central, Saturday at 7.35 Central, Sunday at 5.35 Central, Friday and Saturday's games will be broadcast on Big Dog 98.9 FM and 1340 AM, in addition to FremontMoo.com. Moo play at Badlands six times this year, but the Big Sticks never come to Fremont. And after that three-game series up at Badlands, Moo return home for a five-game homestand, starting with Souris Valley Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, all at 7.05. The Sabredogs are in last place in the Lewis Division, two games behind Badlands already, though their center fielder, Alan Greer, is second in the league in batting average at 444. After the three with Souris Valley, the homestand will conclude with games against Western Nebraska on Thursday and Friday. That'll wrap it up for this episode of the Fremont Moon Podcast. We will wrap up the big week for the Moon next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Fremont Moo Weekly Podcast. Follow the Moo on Twitter at Fremont Moo and visit FremontMoo.com for news, information, stats, and to buy tickets and Moo gear. Fremont Moo Baseball. It's a hit.